This episode is about how to have clear energetic boundaries, strengthen boundaries to protect from absorbing others' energy or emotions, releasing and sorting others' energies from yours, and how to feel healthy as an empath with practices and perspectives from family constellations, energy work, somatic experiencing, group dynamics, and psychology. Following this are three healing experientials that can support grounding and strengthening energetic boundaries and clearing absorbed energy. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. I am really excited about the Soul Body Women's Retreat, which is the sponsor of this podcast. Soul Body Women's Retreat is in October 2018, and this retreat was inspired by the idea of connecting soul to body so that you feel completely like yourself, embodied and at ease, expressing yourself freely and creatively just the way it is truly you. The beauty of connection of soul and body is that you can develop the awareness to transcend the limitations and the belief sets that you've been living from that you can feel even freer and more conscious. This is a small group retreat, so if you feel inspired or aligned with this, feel free to reach out to me, and I'd be grateful if you shared this with anyone you thought would be interested. For this and future retreats, you can find out more at candicewu.com retreats. And now let's jump into the show. As a healing facilitator and an intuitive coach, I'm often working very deeply with people's emotions, sometimes very deep and traumatic ones, and sometimes very pleasurable ones. People are often asking me, how do I stay clear and grounded in my own energy? How do I not pick up other people's energy? And how do I know what's inside of me if I've picked something up or not? And how do I strengthen my boundaries so that I don't absorb others' energy? Is that possible? And so today's episode is all about that. This is something I've worked hard at for the last 10 years. I would say about 10 years ago, if I walked into a room, a crowded room, I could feel the emotion like a tidal wave. It would feel like suddenly I'm feeling differently from when I walked in. And when I left, I would either feel bad, self-conscious, maybe I'd have a headache or a stomach ache. Perhaps I would feel a wave of sadness or angry or tense somehow in my body. And I really had no idea where it came from other than, wow, I can't handle being around people. Or, wow, I have so many triggers that I'm just feeling so much anxiety in me, so much emotion, and here it all is. So I attributed all of that to my own experience and just me solely. Of course, some of it was mine. Some of it was my personal triggers and the things that I would feel anxious about. But it felt like an extra load by (laughs) times five. So some of it wasn't mine. It was almost as if I was like a magnet to other people's negative emotions. 
sometimes that was very cool. Like I would be very aware of how someone was feeling, especially if I cared about them and could really relate to them. And other times I was just left feeling horrible. It wasn't until I learned about being an empath, as well as the concept of projective identification and psychology and family constellations and somatic experiencing work that I realized that I was picking up other people's energy and that while I could cope with that and find ways to navigate that differently, I could also strengthen my boundaries so that I did not have to take in all that energy. Learning about this truly released me because I found ways to strengthen and fine-tune my own energetic system, my own body, and my awareness so that I could have stronger boundaries when I needed them, that I could navigate and release any energy that I did pick up effectively, that I didn't just carry it around forever, and how to use the experiences that left me with something that was mine to learn and grow from, grow stronger in my nervous system. At this point in my life, I feel a lot clearer. I feel more grounded, stronger in my boundaries, and I have more of a conscious choice of whether I want to tune into energy around me and emotion around me, uh, as well as I can more effectively navigate what's mine and what's not and clear it if I need to, if I have picked something up that I'm not aware of. And I feel less blindsided by energy in general that just somehow has stayed with me from who knows when in the day. So you might wonder if this topic pertains to you at all. Have you ever felt icky or a different emotion after being around someone? Yes, it could be something you're triggered by, but it also could be some energy that you picked up or are holding for someone else. Perhaps being around groups. You may feel overwhelmed or almost taken over by a certain emotion. If when you're around others, especially if you are some sort of healing practitioner, therapist, person that works with others in a health or healing capacity, perhaps you feel fatigued or exhausted, you might begin to feel irritation or edgy or angry. This is the body's natural instinct to push back or reject, push out whatever doesn't really belong in your energy field. Perhaps something's not digesting well in your body or you're feeling disrupted sleep or other physical symptoms, headaches. If you're someone that doesn't feel like you have enough alone time and you're feeling overstimulated by sounds, lights, smells, touches, and textures, or if you're feeling certain emotions, sensations in your body, thoughts that seem to be extra loaded or intense after being around groups or certain people. That may be a sense in you to look at, are you picking up other people's emotions? While many of those aspects can be your own body's experience or something that you're reacting to, it can also be added onto by other people's energies. And we'll look at how to sort that out in this episode. So today's episode is fivefold. First, we'll look at what may be related to the experience of being unbalanced or loaded with other people's energy. Here we'll talk briefly about being highly sensitive and an empath. Secondly, we'll talk about understanding how to ground and direct your energy to be in yourself so that your boundaries are stronger. Third, we'll explore knowing what's yours and what's not in terms of energy, sensation, or dynamics. Fourth, how to strengthen your own boundary and heal up any ruptures to your boundary. 
whether that's an energetic or physical rupture or something that's even deeper, which leads us to number five is looking at the unconscious and conscious beliefs, the past conditioning and internalized projections that connect with why you even take on other people's emotions to begin with, if it is out of balance. So let's begin with the first one. What may be related to the experience of taking in others' emotions? And what is an empath or highly sensitive person? When you're picking up on other people's energies or emotions or thoughts, what they're experiencing, it's beyond just having empathy for someone. Dr. Judith Orloff, who's an expert with this, says that having empathy means our heart goes out to another person in joy or pain. But for empaths, it goes much farther. We actually feel others' emotions, energy, and physical symptoms in our own bodies without the usual defenses that most people have. So whether or not you would consider yourself an empath, if you are someone that feels very affected by other people's energy or their moods, or you feel very intuitive and can perceive others very well, then you might be experiencing picking up other people's energy or absorbing it. Not only emotions and energies, moods, and body sensations, people who are very empathic can also feel into others' wishes, their thoughts, impulses, motivations, and desires. Like other people with empathic abilities, I was told very early and very young that I was too sensitive. And so this is something that I experience most healers who are empaths or therapists that are very tuned in to have a struggle with because they've had to overcome the criticism of their gifts. Being empathic in this way is actually a beautiful gift. What it can also come with is being very in touch with your inner world and having a complex inner life, feeling in touch with depth and creativity as well as spirituality or, or something unseen and deeper. Someone who has this ability to tune in and be sensitive can also be aware of the subtleties and nuances of situations and can attune easily to what's happening. In my most natural state, I'm easeful and balanced. I feel buoyant and grounded at the same time. And I feel that I can turn on and off my ability to tune in. Once in a while, I feel like something's hit me. And that's usually when I look inside to see where that receptor is in me, that I can strengthen that aspect of myself so I don't get blindsided. We all have the ability to pick up on other people's energies. It just depends how diffuse or open your boundary system is. And if you are someone who has that ability more easily, you might have more of a vata quality. Vata in Ayurveda is one of the doshas, one of the three main qualities of the whole universe. And vata is the air and space quality where it's movement oriented and open versus pitta, which is fiery and kapha, which is earth and water. We have all three qualities, but somebody who is more open in their energetic system can have more of that vata quality. So what I found in myself and in others that I've worked with around this topic of taking in others' energy is that when we do that in an unbalanced way, usually underneath that are some beliefs that relate to it, which cause us to take in unconsciously other people's energies. 
Sometimes there's trauma, whether that's developmental in the person's lifetime, a soul, like a past life trauma, and also ancestral dynamics. So the dynamics within a family system that go way back. Sometimes it also connects up with collective oppression or other archetypal and energetic dynamics in our whole system. Where there's a developmental trauma, sometimes that can relate to not having an emotionally available and good enough parent to be present, to reflect and mirror and be attuned to us as children, which can make it more challenging for a young person to have a core sense of self and to know themselves. To be able to have that reflection by someone we care about gives us a sense of ourselves. And if we don't have that, then sometimes we don't have this individuation that separates us from another. Other attachment issues like neglect and abandonment or a disruption at a certain age where maybe another child was born or some accident or illness happened with the parents or the children, that can also affect how a person develops their sense of self. And it can certainly affect the physical and energetic boundaries of that individual. The difficulty with developmental traumas is that sometimes we don't even know we have them and we think that our childhood is just great, but also that it is really challenging for the nervous system to develop if we've had disruptions in our childhood, especially ones that were scary, overwhelming, or terrifying. Our nervous system as an infant is not built to handle all kinds of emotions even pleasant ones. And we need the support of a calmed, grounded, and attuned adult parent to support us in co-regulating so that our nervous system can develop and strengthen and be able to handle feeling all of that. If we don't have someone that has that ability to regulate themselves, it can feel like we're also taking on the parent's emotions then we can quickly see how a very early imprint of this dynamic happens where we're absorbing other people's emotions. And in the family constellations work, where we look at how the family dynamic is, it connects up with the whole body experience. And a young person who feels like their mother or their father isn't able to handle their sadness, perhaps, or their anxiety will come in and fill in that role. If there's a sense of a disconnection between the grandparents and the parents in our family system, we may take that responsibility upon ourselves to become like a parent to our own parents. So we become parentified. And in that way, we take on a responsibility that's far too great for us. We take on being the parent for our parents, which is not our position at all, and it causes us to take in energies and emotions and hold them for others, thinking that they can't handle it. In this way, we act like we are bigger than our parents. We act like we can handle more and that we're stronger. And then we apply that to the world and begin to absorb other people's emotions just like we did to our own parents, if this is the case for your life. In other cases, one may have a parent who is somewhat narcissistic, where they're acting as if the child is an extension of them and must act accordingly. It's quite manipulative in terms of what a parent might almost push their children into feeling. And so those boundaries between 
child and parent have been blurred and messy. And all of this connects to the idea of projective identification. This is the concept where when one person in relationship with another projects an emotion that they don't want to feel, perhaps it's undesirable or intolerable or their nervous system is overwhelmed so much that they can't feel it. So maybe it's anger. And instead of feeling their own anger, they push it out of their energy system and hope that the other person begins to feel it so that it's taken care of. And the other person says, okay, I'll take that unconsciously because their system has learned to take that in. And they identify with that so that they almost claim that anger as their own. This happens all the time in our intimate relationships, in our acquaintance relationships, as well as as a whole in society where certain groups of people don't want to feel something and project it onto others. So if somewhere in your life you've had this conditioning, whether that's in your childhood, which can be a very intense kind of conditioning in society, in your culture, or in a past life, then this can be ingrained in you to take on other people's emotions. I think of it like this. If one person has all these different rocks of different emotions and they're able to feel these five rocks and not these five, and they don't like feeling any of those emotions, so they toss them out and push them down in suppression or repression because It may be too intolerable for them to feel, or they just don't want to feel that way. Whatever is undesirable, this is like the shadow, right? We don't want to feel these things. So we push them out, and someone else not only senses that, but takes those rocks in and puts them into their pot of emotions. Now, the key piece is that even if those rocks are pushed out into the the open space, The other person doesn't have to take them in. Why does one take them in and put them in as their own set of rocks? And in my experience, personally and with others, it's that there's some sort of ingrained pattern and conditioning that this was a survival at some point to do so, or in some way it was helpful at some time, and now it's just become habit. Now it might even be dysfunctional and painful. So I find that I'm most balanced when I'm aware of what I'm taking in. In this example, what rocks I'm picking up so that there's a purpose to doing that. It might be to support someone else in being able to hold their own rocks, but not to take them in because I think they're mine or to do so on automatic or unconsciously and to just absorb everything around me. If you've had accidents like car accidents or falls, natural disasters, or other physical traumas, then the physical body as well as the energetic boundary of the body can be broken in certain areas where energies and sensations can just swoop in. Also, another aspect to consider is that your soul history, what your experiences were in your past lives, if you believe in that, or whatever you believe you came in with, is part of Your past conditioning. And if it has anything to do with being a shaman or a healer or a witch in a past life, that may also be connected to how it is you take in energy now. And again, here I think that the ideal, 
the most healthy and balanced place is to find a place of choice where you're able to choose what to take in and what not to, and also to navigate how to deal with it when you have taken something in. So now I want to shift gears and talk about how to stay grounded and strengthen your energy boundary without doing deeper work, but to just look at how you can take different actions. When you're in a situation where you feel icky or somewhat uncomfortable when you're with somebody or in a certain situation, try to distance yourself at least by 20 feet and see if you feel any relief. See if it's something that you're triggered by or if it's just as simple as moving away. You can breathe and send your energy downward into your legs and feet. Just loosen up the ankles and press into the bottoms of the feet and imagine feeling like you are 500 pounds heavy that you're just rooted into the ground. And this sending of energy downward and strengthening of the muscles, activating of the muscles, helps the body know its own boundary, physically and energetically. A third thing you can try is to see your energy boundary. Imagine what color or thickness or material this sort of energy boundary would be if you could just make it up. And imagine that sort of force field around you. The interesting thing about some of these practices is that some of them will work for you at different times and some won't work at all because with this exercise of seeing your energy boundary, I tried that very early on and it was like, this doesn't do anything. And that's because I had a lot of developmental, ancestral, and um, soul trauma that was deeply rooted. And so Changing the energy dynamic of all that was necessary before I could even have an energetic boundary around me that was working. So notice for yourself which ones might work and not. So this third one of seeing your energy boundary, I would recommend practicing this on your own before you're around people or in a crowd. I would suggest doing this both physically as well as in your imagination so that it strengthens with your whole body. So as you picture some sort of energetic boundary or bubble that surrounds you, imagine being safe inside of it and that you could even touch all the parts of your energetic boundary and notice what color, texture, shapes, or material it would have to be in order to be strong enough for you to feel safe inside. And you can also picture what happens if energy comes at you or some emotion comes at you and touches the boundary. Does it bounce off? Does it sizzle into flames? And as you feel into the energy boundary and picture it all the way around you, like a egg shape up and down, side to side, front to back, use your arms to just check how far out you'd want it to be or how close and if there are any ruptures in that. Another thing you can practice is to be like an animal. Porcupines have a really nice boundary of these quills that just can spike up if they're upset and they don't want someone to get near. So that's something you can picture for yourself and imagine your own energetic spikes coming up. That is, if you need a boundary that strong, if there's someone you don't want to talk to or don't want to come near you, or if you're feeling like there's a lot of energy in the room and you don't want to take it on. But even just sensing into a lion at its rest state, it's prepared to snarl or show its claws if it needs to. So just having that bit of readiness can support you in feeling 
a little more grounded in your body and prepared to protect yourself. Something you can always practice is a body scan. It's just feeling head to toe all the parts of your body. And as a daily practice, you can even touch your body head to toe, every part of it, and just feel into whatever kind of touch feels good and helps you feel the edges of your body. What happens when we have trauma or when we have very loose energy boundaries is that our nervous system almost forgets that it has a physical body, a physical container to support us and to also act as that edge of inside outside and what we take in and what we don't. So touching the body from head to toe reminds us of that and gives us a sense of our personal edges. Another thing you can do is to practice setting healthy boundaries and say no when you mean no. And no is a complete sentence. There's no need for an explanation. Sometimes you might need to interrupt someone to take a break or uh, if someone asks too much of you or takes and asserts it, then you can back up and say no or let them know that this is not comfortable with you. Part of having loose boundaries sometimes goes into giving yourself away to others and letting them do what they want or not having a voice in terms of what you prefer, letting others lead the way or just saying yes to everything that they ask for. And in some cases too, I've noticed myself, actually, I had parasites because I was in this place of always saying yes to others and giving away my energy and letting others come first. At some point, I developed parasites because I had taken a, a trip to Sri Lanka and probably you know, ate the food and water and wasn't really prepared for that. And because my energy system was weakened already by this dynamic of just letting everything vampire off of me, I got sick. So with that, it's really important to practice listening to yourself and not overriding what you sense, what you need, or what you want. I notice that I'm most vulnerable in picking up other people's energy when I don't want to be in the situation, when my instincts tell me it's time to go, or my social meter is out. And if I override that, I pick up a lot more as well as some part of my nervous system gets triggered because I'm not listening. From the Ayurvedic standpoint, I mentioned earlier that there's a lot of vata at times when you're very empathic or you're picking up on other people's energy. So you can eat grounding foods, especially if you know you're going to be in a situation that you're sensitive to, such as crowds or certain people's emotions that you magnetize. Give yourself some weight by eating heavier foods. That can be meats if you eat meat or avocados, something that actually feels like it has weight, something sweeter and with more water. This is a lot of information, but I want to give you a few more techniques from energy standpoints. At some point, I will transcribe all this and put it on my website so that it's a little bit easier to follow. But I will share just a couple more here. The zip up technique from Donna Eden is really nice. It's like uh, zipping up an energetic coat to protect you from taking on other people's emotions or energies. And it works with the central meridians of the body, the energy pathways that are moving up and down. And the way you do this is you take your hand or two hands at your pubic bone. And as you take a deep breath up, slide your hands up the center of your body all the way to your lower lip. And you can do this 
while touching your physical body or a couple of inches away from it. And just repeat this three times. The next one I want to offer you is called getting on the grid. It's actually something my friends and I in grad school made up where we noticed this Alex Gray artwork. I will link this in the show notes so you can see it, but it's this beautiful artwork of a person meditating and you can see each of the chakras, the energy centers in the body, seven of them in different colors. And this person is sitting on this grid and it's got diagonal lines coming from each side as well as lines, I think, top and bottom. And for us, it was really helpful to just say to ourselves, get on the grid. So it's like centering yourself, containing your energy into your body, and then getting on the grid of the universe where you're solid and grounded. And I will lead you through that in the meditation that comes connected with this podcast in the next few days. The last thing I want to offer in terms of supporting yourself to be grounded is the approach that you take when you're around people. Instead of thinking that you are there to help somebody, especially if you're a therapist, healer, or wellness practitioner, or that somehow you should give advice or be responsible for other people, instead, start to view people as completely whole and autonomous, full of personal choice and their healing power within, that they have everything that they need inside of them. And sometimes that's tricky because your mind starts running and thinking, but they don't, they, they need my help. Even so, if you can release someone to their own inner healing and the universe's healing, you can still support them by showing them tools or guiding them or even sharing your thoughts with them. But to keep that respect, the deep respect and honoring of them as a human being with their own potential. So now we move to the third section of the podcast today. How do you know if you've picked up or absorbed other people's energy? What do you do if you have? And how do you cleanse and release? Some of the more general things that I do to cleanse and refresh and reset myself are to shower or bathe. Use Epsom salts and baking soda to cleanse. And sometimes I like to take a little apple cider vinegar digestively to move anything through. You can also imagine a white or yellow light clearing and cleansing your body, like crystal clear light and sunshine, just refreshing all the cells of your body with breath. And the third thing is that I like to cough up energy. It might sound funny, but it's sort of like gagging and coughing and almost throwing up in the air where I feel like there's stuff releasing out of my body. Maybe it's my shaman history that I already knew how to do this, but somehow it's very natural and innate to me. You can do this. It's simple. It's a little bit like lion's breath in yoga. Lion's breath is where you take a deep breath in and when you release your breath, you stick your tongue out as far as you can and you make some noise or uh, like a hiss sound. It sounds like this. And you just hold your tongue out as far as you can with the breath all the way out. You can try it that way just to release anything that doesn't feel good inside. Or you can actually try that and begin to cough and gag. It's not a bad thing or a scary thing, but if you do feel scared or overwhelmed, take a break or practice this with a trained professional. And as you do this, you can also imagine whatever it is that's coming out. And when I do it, I just 
cough and gag, and sometimes I have a couple of tears come out, but almost immediately I just feel release. Sometimes I'll feel some sadness with it. Sometimes I'll feel some other emotion that doesn't seem like it's mine. But as I cough, it just comes out, and I imagine what's coming out if I can sense a color or an emotion and just leave it. Any of the grounding activities that I mentioned before, you can also do when you notice you've picked up some energy or when you're not sure and you're just checking in. So for example, a body scan or touching your body head to toe, breathing, grounding your feet, feeling like they're 500 pounds, any of those. I find the strongest tool in knowing if I've picked up or absorbed others' energy is checking it in with myself. And the important thing for me is to do that throughout my interactions with others or whatever interactions I'm having, sensing into how I'm doing, where I'm at, what I'm feeling around me, what I'm feeling through me and inside, but also afterwards, check in with myself, see how my emotions are, how is my body doing, and if I'm feeling something ungrounded or unbalanced, some other emotion than I was noticing before, something that's a bit unfamiliar, then I will connect with it. So whatever it is I'm feeling, I will give a little space to myself and tune in and just breathe into that space. If I feel it in my body, in my heart, then I'll just notice it, let myself acknowledge what it feels like in my body, and I'll sense into it. Sometimes this is where I talk to myself and talk to my body and ask, what are you? Whose are you? And sometimes I'll just have this intuition of, this doesn't feel like mine, but what is it? So I also connect with it and explore. If it is indeed a sense that it's somebody else's, the first thing that I do is just try to clear it back and give it back to who it belongs to or give it up to the universe. I just imagine this energy, whatever color or shape it is, just traveling back to the person it belongs to. And with that person or persons, I just imagine if there's any energy that's mine, that I take that back and draw it back to myself. This specific practice is another one of the healing experientials that I'll share with you this week to guide you through taking back what energy is yours and releasing any energy that doesn't belong to you back to where it belongs. So look out for that. If some energy doesn't want to go or doesn't want to move, you can stay with it a little bit further and ask it what it needs to release or to leave, to let go. And whatever it says without any judgment or filter, just imagine what it needs and wants. Imagine it happening and see what happens in your body. So whatever you're left with, if you've cleared up other people's energies or you've imagined whatever emotions just going back to who they belong to, if you've done some resetting and clearing of your own energy, if you're left with something still, then that likely means it's a piece of your own trigger or some aspect of you that is a receptor for that issue or that emotion or sensation. So what you're left with, there's a space in you to receive, to receive other people's emotions in that same way. And it alerts you and lets you know, this is where your work is. 
This is the place that your boundary is ruptured and that you can transform and heal so you can become stronger if you want to. An example of this is I was working with a client where immigration was something that had happened in their family history. What seemed to show up was that this family was very excited and hopeful that moving to the United States would be a better life. But it seemed that when they arrived, there was some large grief and disappointment, some pain and survival and struggle because it wasn't as they had expected. It wasn't as accepting to their culture as they hoped it would be. When I was done with this session, I felt that this feeling of grief and disappointment was still sticking with me. I wondered, had I picked up my client's pain, the ancestry's pain, or was it my own? So I did some of the practices that I had suggested a bit earlier, and what I was left with was still the grief and disappointment. So at that point, I knew that it had to do with me. Of course, what I've been processing for the last 10 years is the feeling of grief and disappointment of my childhood experience that there were just things that I really wanted to happen and they didn't. Relationships that I wanted to go a certain way and they went the entirely other way. So I've actually been more recently processing how this experience was to my spirit, that on this grander scale of entering this life with a lot of hope and optimism and excitement for what this life would bring, that early life was disappointing and full of grief and loss, though I wasn't able to feel those feelings until much later. I'm grateful at this time of my life that I can feel into the gifts of what the trauma and disappointing experiences I had early on have given me now for my life, but it doesn't really change the grief and disappointment. Those feelings are still there and moving through. So what I was left with after working with this client was my own piece of grief and disappointment. And working with it just reminds your system that this energy is there and it pulls it up to the surface. So that's how we know that there's a piece of us that wants healing is when something stays with us for longer. Otherwise, for me at this point in my life, emotions that I've perhaps sensed into with others just roll off my back and move through. Or they're just very easily fluid and they don't have something to stick on to like Velcro. So this brings us to the topic of strengthening your own boundaries and healing up your energetic ruptures. As I mentioned earlier, you can work with your energetic boundary and picture it. Use your hands to touch into it and sense where it is. And if you do find ruptures with it, sense what that is. Let this attune you to your sense of what might need to be healed so that you can be stronger in yourself and not let others' energies come into you. You can work with the experience of energy swooping into your energy field or you taking up other people's energy and absorbing it by imagining it more slowly. Imagine you could see energy coming at you or that you're just sucking it up. See how far it goes and where it touches into you, if you could imagine that. Let your body respond back to push it out, whether that's with your imagination of what you would do or literally and physically with your hands. Imagine taking other people's energy 
and pushing it back out of your body and your energy field so that it's way out and as far out as you need it to be. And then keep your hands up as if to say no, like this blocks you from taking in more. And that's something you may need to practice because I've noticed that I'm much more of a receiver of negative energies than I am a pushing back kind of person. And it may be something you need to practice to push back. This is a somatic experiencing practice, and I'm sure it's in other practices, but if you want to develop that further, you can work with somebody in somatic experiencing. I do that work myself and can also give you some recommendations. But if you practice this, you can develop a stronger energetic center and personal boundary so that you're less likely to take in energies from outside of you. Another thing you can practice is putting your hands out and up, like face up, as if you're receiving. And just imagine receiving pleasurable experience, joyful experience, and not taking in what others are feeling or negative emotions or any toxicity, but just taking in pleasure. So both the experience of putting a boundary up and saying no to what you don't want to take in and opening the hands to receive what you do want to take in. Letting that boundary be permeable to the different types of experience you want to take in and don't. There are so many practices that you can do to strengthen your boundary, but I'd like to leave you with those today, as well as just a few thoughts about going deeper and excavating the belief sets and past conditioning that are underneath the whole energy dynamic to begin with. What I've found in myself and others that seem to absorb others' emotions and energies is a sense of responsibility for others, that they're responsible for saving them or responsible for making them feel good or pleasing them. Some of the belief sets that I've held in aspects of my younger self and my adult self are that it's my job to absorb all the negativity. It's my job to absorb anger and loss because other people couldn't handle it in my ancestry at that time. It's my job to fix all the problems, and I essentially exist for other people and for other people to feel good. It's my responsibility to maintain others' well-being. It's my responsibility to save the world, and you can see where all of these might lead my unconscious energy to just absorb everything bad and take it in and to digest it myself. A couple of other belief sets that I've noticed in myself and others are what we're feeling worthy of receiving. For example, believing that I'm only worthy of receiving bad or that I'm undeserving of receiving pleasure and goodness and joy. So taking a look at what unconsciously you feel you're able to receive or that you're allowed to receive or have and also looking at what the conditions are of your worth and being lovable. Specifically, I find that when we're growing up, we learn different ways that we need to act or be in order to be lovable or worthy. So did you internalize or come in with a belief that in order to be worthy and lovable, that you need to absorb all the emotions in the room or that you need to take on more than what's yours? Some people even resonate with the words, in order to be worthy of God, I need to save the world, or in order to be worthy of God, 
etc. Whether or not you believe in God, sometimes that seems to hit some level of our being when you just say the words out loud. And going back to the way that we might have been parentified or in some position in our family ancestry unconsciously that takes on more than what our share is, that takes on a position that isn't ours, what we're actually saying when we do that is, I am bigger, better, and smarter than others. And in fact, if it was a parentification where you felt like you were a parent to your parent, that's in the position of saying you are much bigger than your parent is. And that is untrue, or that you're superior to your parents. It also suggests that you can handle more than they can, or that they're fragile and you're not. But what I find is actually that's a very deep lack of trust in others and a dependency that others need to be in a certain place or in a certain way for you to be okay. That's actually just more of a younger need, a dependency that our parents need to be okay so that we're okay. So it comes instinctually. And yet as adults, we don't necessarily need to be that way anymore. We don't necessarily need to be dependent in that way because we have different resources. So what I suggest is to look at all of the underlying beliefs or dynamics of why it is that you absorb other people's emotions and let a lot of gentleness and self-forgiveness come in. You can use the words, I forgive myself for judging myself for believing that, whatever that is. For example, I forgive myself for judging myself for believing that in order to be worthy, I need to take in all the negative emotions. And if you practice this, let yourself feel it. The emotions have to move for it to shift your whole energy and physical system. Sometimes just shedding light on what the beliefs are underneath already create a shift and allow for change to happen so that you don't have to live by that paradigm or dynamic anymore. Having these beliefs doesn't mean all of you believes it. And certainly your mind may not believe it at all. Your mind may know completely differently, but there is a feeling sense inside that this is true on some level or in some part of you. So be very kind and compassionate with yourself because at this time in our human consciousness, we are living with so many distorted belief sets and limiting beliefs and places of suffering. So Be gentle and let these come to the surface with kindness so that you can find a different way. So that's all I have for you today. We talked today about having clear energetic boundaries, how to strengthen your boundaries and protect yourself from absorbing other people's energies and how to sort out what's going on inside of you and practices to feel healthy and balanced. And so in this next week, I will release three different healing practices that can support you in exactly what we talked about. The first one is about clearing energies back to where they belong, becoming whole again, reclaiming your own energy. The second one is about getting on the grid. This is an energetic way to center your energy system and to ground. And the third one is a family constellations healing exercise to release responsibility for what's not yours and to receive only the best. This will support you in seeing others' strength and wholeness through their entire family system, 
or through their spirit so that you're not responsible for anyone else's emotions, even if they don't want to take responsibility for themselves. I hope you enjoy these and feel free as always to let me know how they are. Give me feedback, ask questions, and if there's any aspect of what we've talked about today that's missing, feel free to let me know. I'd be happy to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you found anything touching, interesting, or helpful, I would be so grateful if you thought about donating on Patreon. You can find the information at candicewu.com slash Patreon. And even just $1 a month can support all the back end of this work, this podcast, and all the creations that I put out there so that I can continue. I am so grateful for all the people who have already donated, and several of you have chosen to donate at the level where you can receive a personal meditation, and I've just loved doing those. So you might consider it if you're interested in a little bit of personal healing and to exchange. Before you go today, I would invite you to listen to more interviews, meditations, and explorations at CandiceWu.com slash podcast. And you can subscribe to my bi-monthly newsletter and become a member of the Embody community at CandiceWu.com slash Embody, where you can get lots of free resources on embodiment and healing, meditations, and info about some good stuff coming up. On the Embody Community Facebook group, I've started to do some more live feeds where I'm sharing some healing tips and ideas that I'm thinking about that you can explore with me and interact with other people in the community. So that's all for today and see you next time on the Embody Podcast.